Greetings, YouTubers, thrill seekers, overpaid athletes, and undocumented conservatives. It's Mr. Palumbo, and welcome to the Professor Liberty Podcast. It's Monday, and you know what that means, boys and girls. Yay! It's motivational time! Now I see some eyes rolling. I can sense that eyes are rolling. So you know what? I'm a benevolent uh, host of my own podcast, if that even makes any sense. Uh, So you know what? We won't do any motivational today, but today I want to talk about justice. You know, in preparing this podcast, I thought I really need to do a Superman podcast. Now, follow me here. It would it would it would reach the kids. The kids would love it because it's about Superman and we could talk about truth. I could do a whole series on what is truth. Then we could do justice and then we could do the American way. What is the American way and what does that look like? So maybe this summer look for Professor Liberty and Superman. I don't know. Anyway, now today I want to talk about justice. You know, fear not, ladies and gentlemen. If anything, if you come to this podcast to listen, you know that I am the voice crying in the wilderness saying something like, can we cut the crap already? Do you ever have that urge to yell that out? I know I do. It seems we're so bored and we have so much time on our hands that we just look for things to be outraged about and It's in the movies, and it's in television, and social media, pop culture. Everyone's talking about justice, social justice, racial justice, climate justice, justice for so-and-so, justice for such-and-such. And yet we also live in a time where there's no objective truth. Well, what is objective truth? Objective truth is kind of like self-evident truth. It's something that is accepted by everyone. And so since there's no real truth, justice has multiple meanings because everyone can just believe what they want. Well, here's the thing, boys and girls. You can't claim moral authority if there's no truth. So we have all these people out here screaming for justice, justice for this and justice for that, justice over here and justice over there, justice in a box and justice with a fox, justice in a tree and justice what rhymes with tree. Anyway, you guys, what I'm trying to say is you can't speak out of both sides of your mouth. You can't claim you want justice and then also claim there is no real truth. There is no real truth. There is no real justice. They are tied, as I'm going to show you here in a minute. So if there's no real truth, then justice is just going off people's personal definitions. And that's what most of our trouble is today in the public discourse and the political discourse. We're going off of all these definitions from someone who just decided to wake up and make them up. Well, you can't change any minds and you can't, you can't convince people if you guys don't even have the same definitions for words. So as we peel back the layer of this onion, if you will, you're going to notice that most people's idea of justice is revenge. And we know that revenge is something else. So let's talk about justice. What is it? Well, in order to understand the word justice, we have to dip into the world of etymology. Excuse me? Gesundheit? What is etymology? Etymology is the study of words and their origins. Personally, I get etymology confused with epistemology. What's that? Well, that's the study of knowledge. See, folks, 
We're only a couple minutes into the show, and I've exposed to you two killer ology words that start with E. Can I get any credit for that? You could easily knock mom and dad's socks off with that tonight, especially if you're in trouble. Okay, so around the dinner table tonight, when mom and dad start bringing up that thing you did that you weren't supposed to do, hit them with this. Mom, dad, did you know that epistemology and etymology are the study of words and the study of knowledge? I mean, that's classic. How do they respond to that? If they are impressed, please don't hesitate to plug Professor Liberty. That's where you got it. Now, if it ticks them off even further, don't mention this show, okay, at all. Anyway, back to etymology. The English word for justice seems to be related to the French word, it, and I don't know French, but it's juste, and the French got it from the Latin, usitia, and that's spelled I-U-S-T-I-T-S-A, usutia. That name, usutia, is the name of a Roman goddess of justice. So this is getting interesting already. First introduced by Emperor Augustus. Uh, and then a temple was erected to her by Trajan, I believe, in 13 BC. I want to get into this Lady Justice a little bit later. But for now, I'm just setting it up for, you know, for setting up purposes. I just wanted to let you know that it's a Roman god of justice. The English word for justice focuses on two things. It focuses on the exercise of authority by a legitimate power, and this power can either award somebody or reward somebody, rather, or it could administer justice. And the word comes from the just, which means to be morally sound and to conform to the truth. Well, this is where the definition of just comes from, which obviously has a relationship to justice. So let's break down what we've learned so far. Justice requires two things. The authority by a legitimate power to bring vindication of the right. I like that, vindication of the right. By assigning either reward or punishment. And the second aspect is it must possess moral soundness and conform with the truth. This is where we get justice as a verb or action. Doing justice is about doing what is right or fitting. So think about this. I think it, this was in the three lessons of Marcus Aurelius. We talked about an eye for an eye, and justice is about balance. So eye for an eye is not I poke your eye out on accident, so therefore you get to cut my legs off, right? That's not justice. That's not balance. But man, oh man, we could spend a whole podcast dissecting this. Do all the justice movements out there stand up to this basic scrutiny? Are they an authority? Uh, do they have a legitimate authority to bring about, to vindicate the right? And do they possess moral soundness and conform to the truth? Which justice movement currently out there has legitimate power? Thank God they don't. Legitimacy is an important concept. We've talked a little bit about this way back in episode five. If you'd like to learn more about that, please go check out episode five. Here's the scary thing, though, folks. Legitimacy isn't that difficult to achieve if you're willing to take it by force. For most of our history, governments have maintained legitimacy through force. The king's men had all the weapons. We didn't. 
Shout out to the Second Amendment right there. Kings and warlords held power through force, and that was a form of their legitimacy. However, we in the West have grown used to this democracy, and our leaders have power through legal means and accepted legitimacy. But that type of legitimacy comes with constant scrutiny, and people in power don't like that. People in power don't like to be held accountable. You know, all this talk of the most transparent administration, that's all hogwash. Nobody's transparent, and people in power don't want transparency. They just want to be able to tell us peasants what to do. They don't like having to answer to us, you know, unwashed masses, if you will. So what am I getting at here? Well, thanks. I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole. What I'm saying is all these justice movements out there, they don't have any authority to push their so-called justice on us, but they do have people in power who agree with them and have, quote, legitimate power, unquote. And the only thing that makes it legitimate is force. Okay, so there's lots of governments out there that are legitimate but it's because they have the monopoly of force behind them. What about this second aspect of justice? Well, even though the activists and other nefarious people may achieve, or let's say could achieve, the first aspect, which is legitimacy, I personally believe that most of these groups or movements will never possess the second, which is moral soundness or conforming to the truth. You can't possess moral soundness nor can you conform to the truth because you flat out deny morality and truth. So it's, po- it's impossible for you to do so because you deny their existence. Now, if I tread down this path with some examples, I'll be in the danger of becoming too political for this podcast. But you can think of the movements out there today and think to yourself, do they possess moral soundness? Are they going based off of truth or are they, uh, you know, are they basing their, quote, justice off of their pre-described uh, made-up definition from 10, 20, 25 years ago? Or maybe five minutes ago. Things, things are changing fast around here, folks. Personally, this is why I think uh, violence is ratcheting up more and more. I think about this a lot. I thought about this last summer with the riots and lockdowns. I think violence is ratcheting up more and more. Number one, we are becoming uh, more and more immoral people. So the things that used to check our behavior a generation or two generations ago aren't being taught or they're being denied. So we are becoming more and more animalistic. But that's a whole other podcast. But you have to ratchet up the violence because you're morally bankrupt. So think communism, for example. It requires force and walls because people don't want to be in it. You have to force people to adhere to it. That's where you get the mass graves and the walls and the barbed wire because it's a morally corrupt system. It requires violence for people to adhere to it. You've heard the saying, socialism, you vote socialism in, but you have to fight your way out. So just to review, any type of real justice must contain, one, a legitimate authority able to vindicate the right, and two, be morally sound and conform with the truth. So I'd like to go back to this uh, Eusatia character, the Roman goddess of justice, otherwise known as Lady Justice. Let's talk about her for a little bit. 
Now, you've all seen her. She's in every courthouse, or she might be on top of the courthouse, or she's right next to the steps of the courthouse. Um, she's that weird blindfolded lady in a toga holding a scale in one hand and a sword in the other. So let's break down the symbolism that she brings to the table so that we can better understand this concept of justice. So first, let's ask, why the scale? Well, in ancient times, scales were used to conduct trading of goods uh, in exchange for precious metals. So what you would do is you would put your weighted material on one end, and it would say 10 pounds. And that person would put his gold or silver on the other side. And if the scales uh, were equal, then you knew that it was exactly 10 pounds of silver or gold or whatever. But the scale uh, imagery goes back even further than that. Uh, and it goes beyond economics. Again, it goes to morality. In ancient Egyptian mythology, a person's heart was weighed against the feather of truth. And if that person's heart was lighter or equal than the feather, they were considered virtuous and they could join the Egyptian pantheon in the afterlife. If the heart was heavier than the feather, they were condemned to eternal damnation. This is why in the mummification process, the heart was left out. Most world religions have similar beliefs. Why do you think this is so? I think it's because justice is something ingrained deep down in our DNA. In the Old Testament, it said the Lord detests faulty or rigged scales. What does that mean? Well, in ancient times, people would rig their scales so that a person placing their silver down would actually have to give more than the 10 pounds, for example. They thought they were giving the correct price, but in actuality, they were giving more. Basically, it's stealing. Justice is universal. In the Islamic faith, there is a story of when a person dies, they are going to have to give an account. All the good things they've done versus all the bad things they've done. And if their good outweighs the bad, Allah will let them into paradise. So this, this is a thing in all of us. It, it transcends religion. It transcends culture. Why is justice so universal? Evolutionists can't just explain it away. Sure, they'll say something like, well, it has to do with society and safety, but it doesn't fully explain why it's so ingrained in our being. The scale also brings up this idea of evidence, weighing the evidence. So think of the scale as this mechanism that clearly shows to all how true something is. Let's go to the blindfold. Why the blindfold? Well, here's where that we get the saying, justice is blind. Justice is supposed to be impartial. Now, that's the ideal, right? What's an ideal? An ideal is the perception of what is perfect. So in a perfect world, justice would be blind and impartial, not corrupted by power or bribes or stuff like that. Why the sword? Well, the sword represents punishment. The state has the moral, legitimate authority to carry out swift justice, swift as a sword. Why the toga? Well, this goes back to ancient Greece and philosophy and this idea of what perfect justice really is, questioning that, constantly you know, considering that and being a, a philosopher in search of the ideal of justice. Why is justice a woman? Oh boy, 
Uh, hmm. Okay, I have to tread lightly here, boys and girls. Uh, I can boldly trash socialism and I can rail against certain evils out there, but years of marital bliss has taught me to be very wise and limited when discussing the opposite sex. But all kidding aside, the truth is women have been used to embody higher ideals for most of our history. Back when gender roles were more defined and unbreakable, women were held up as both weaker than men in some ways, but also better than men in some ways. In our modern times, this idea seems sexist and patriarchal. But it wasn't that long ago when society saw women as embodiments of the better parts of human nature. Liberty is a lady. Love is a lady. Justice is a lady. Sailors would assume their ship's gender as female. Why? Because men are potential competitors. But a woman, you love a woman. A woman will love you back. A woman will take care of you, especially when you're in the middle of the ocean. So you want that reassurance. You know, there's an old saying, there's nothing but a plank of wood between a sailor and eternity. So yeah, the sailors wanted their ship to be those good virtues that femininity often embodied. My daughter and I, we watch a lot of classic movies, so old black and white movies. And these movies show how different our culture is uh, today. You know, in these old movies, the men would stand when a woman entered the room They'd pull out a chair for her when she wanted to sit down. They'd put their coats in the mud so the nice lady wouldn't have to get her feet dirty. And my daughter asked me, Dad, why don't men do that anymore? Well, we don't do that anymore because we've been told that there's nothing special about women. In fact, they're the same as men. And so after so many generations of that justice movement, here we are. We treat everyone, no matter their gender, poorly or should I say, as a man would treat another man. Here's another tip on marital bliss, boys. Here's a piece of advice for free. Don't treat your girl like you would your best buddy. Even if she says, oh, just treat me like one of the boys, don't do it. Just like the lobster guy says in Star Wars, it's a trap. Treat her special. Treat her as the special gift that she is. Do not treat her like your beer drinking buddies or your college buddies or your uh, obnoxious one buddy that doesn't have a girlfriend and he keeps coming over, you should actually, you should not invite him over anymore. He needs to go. If you want more marital advice, please email the show. I would be more than happy to give you marital bliss advice. Well, there we have it, folks. What is justice? Justice is tied to truth. Justice is tied to morality. And so if we don't have truth and we don't have morality, how can we find justice and how could we administer justice? I would say that it's almost impossible. And maybe that's why there's so much violence and hate today, because we're still, we still have that idea of what justice is supposed to be. But in our lives and in our society and in our culture, we're denying those basic elements that make it so. And I'm also going to say, if we want justice, we need just people. We need just leaders. We need to elect people that are good, that are morally good, just people. We can't, we can't have the crooks running the justice system. 
Here at Professor Liberty, we seek to educate, inspire, and restore. If you like this podcast, please give me a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to email the show, the email is professorliberty1776 at gmail.com. Please send me all your economics, history, and government questions there. You can also message me on Facebook. I also have a parlor account. Until next time, go throughout the land and proclaim liberty.